0: ROMANTICS, REVISITED AND RESOLVED One by one we watched each of the characters become disillusioned, their rainbow bubble of romanticism burst. Personnet and Sylvette were not the immortal lovers they had fancied themselves to be, and without the thrill of secrecy and danger, Pascano and Bergamon no longer enjoyed their friendship. Going into Act Three, therefore, we were left with the question of whether disillusionment is inevitable— whether true love and friendship are real, whether one can honestly and earnestly be a romantic. Rostan's answer, I think, is a resounding yes. The problem was not that romance is unreal, but only that they were looking for it too high up and too far away, to borrow a phrase from another play I love. Let's look at how Rostan lays out his answer. First, once the mason has started work on the wall— Pascano and Bergamon both start to realize how much they miss each other's company. Each of them paces up and down on his own side, longing to invite the other over, but too proud to admit it. Pascano is the first to break, telling Bergamon that since the wall is going up again, he might condescend to have him over for a game, and Bergamon responds haughtily that he might do Pascano the honor of accepting, both having swallowed their pride a bit. They relax, and fall right back into their old friendship. The friendship, the enjoyment of each other's company, the longing to be together were all very real, but it had become entangled with the thrill of secrecy and danger. Once the stars in their eyes have cleared, and they are able to look at reality, what is left still sincerely means something. Then we witness the cures for Personnet and Silvette's brand of romanticism— the former dealt by reality, and the latter by Straffarel. For Personae, romance had meant abductions, duels, affairs, adventures that would be the envy of Don Juan himself. But he returned, saying, quote, Pride, manhood, nay, silly intrigues such as all-goodness censures, they're not at all amusing, wild adventures, unquote. Sylvette shared his vision, and after Percinet’s departure, sought it anew in her secret lover leaving letters in a tree. But the clichés of romance laid out by Straffarel in disguise, his assassination of her offender, their life as penniless elopers, living in exile on nothing but bread and tears, brings her around to seeing that perhaps she is an ordinary bread-and-butter miss. And maybe that's not so bad. Now cured of their cliché melodramas, the question is whether when the lovers reunite, they discover that some new, more mature version of romanticism is possible. And it is. Sylvette is bitter over having been abandoned, but when she sees Personet wounded, she cannot help but be moved. When Personet mocks his absurd adventures and confesses his realization that he had gone in search of what he left behind— Sylvette, too, admits that she still adores him. Sylvette is still dismayed by the falseness of their love story, how the fathers faked their hate and Straffaril staged the abduction. But Personet insists that whatever might have been false about the setting for it, they did not feign love. He tells her, quote, They built the framework, but our spirits know, on a false trellis still true flowers may grow, unquote he reminds her that the spring air, the starry heavens, the rose trees so ghostly and divine in the dusk, none of those were Strafarel's doing. And similarly, he insists, neither he nor their fathers can take credit for the love that bloomed between them. Finally, after all the talk of seeking poetry and adventure, and penning epic verses for their love— Personet improvises sweet, sincere, and heartfelt lines about Sylvette's veil of linen. It is an expression of love so earnest and so lovely that our faith in real romanticism is restored. I think Sylvette gives a simple expression of the play's theme when she says, quote, See, poetry is in the hearts of lovers, not in adventures only, nor for rovers, unquote and Personet affirms it when he says, quote, poetry, love, but we were crazy, dear, to seek it elsewhere. It was always here, Unquote. We never needed doubt that Rostand is a romantic.